comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the DC TV podcast. This is like our issue zero. Basically, what we're going to be there's so many cool DC shows coming out this fall and returning shows as well, uh, like Arrow, uh, that we decided to put, throw a podcast together, kind of just keeping an eye on them and, and checking them out and kind of talking about what we thought about it, you know, our, our opinions and views and news and things like that, all about DC television. Uh, that we're going to have a day, you know, we're going to have four different shows this fall, you know, all set in the DCU. So, uh, joining me, and I can't think of a better compatriot to, to ask to join me in this endeavor, is the Dean of Podcasting, the Johnny Carson of Podcasting, the Arsenio Hall in the 90s when he still mattered of podcasting, <laughs> uh, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Thanks for joining me, Daryl. Thank you for having me. I, oh, you missed one, didn't you miss iZombie? You got five. Oh, five, yeah. I guess so. I did miss one. Um, we are going to be talking tonight. I, uh, luckily, Daryl and I have both been able to see, see uh, some of these pilots that have not you know, been released. You know, because we're cool like that. That's how we roll. Yeah. Um, so basically, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the four main um, DC shows that we know about. You know, and we have uh, uh, you know dates on and stuff like that that we've seen things about, and kind of break them down. What we'd like to see, what we haven't seen. You know, there's been a lot of news, a lot of casting news lately. Um, especially on the Arrow and Flash front, so why don't we start there? Since you know that's like the the most you know the it's coming back for the third season. We saw the third season tra- teaser with Rachel Ghoul just recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also saw we also heard that uh, Plastique is being brought into the fold. Yes, um, we're we're hoping to see more of the Suicide Squad. That hands down, that was my favorite episode of last season. By the way, it was the Diggle and the Suicide Squad. Um, I really hope we get to see more of that kind of stuff. Diggle's my favorite character on the show, hands down. Oh yeah, I, I love her too. And they they opened it up like I, pretty much that episode kind of showed how they they're gonna open up the the world, the DC world. Well, it's interesting because I mean another reason I wanted to have you on. You and and Donnie were, are referred to. Um, I think it was um, New York Comic Con 2011, mm-hmm. I guess. When they had the Arrow panel right after the pilot had aired, and you said they're, you know, they're they're firm on the line of like, you know, no super heroics, no superpowers. We're going to keep it very Nolan, very street level, and yet here we are. I mean, the more you know, the more the longer the show goes on, the more and more of that kind of stuff we're seeing, especially as it's going to tie into the Flash. Um, yeah, we found yeah. out. I mean, we found out this week that we're going to see the Clock King, who we saw in Arrow, um, take a trip over to. Um, Central City to to bother uh, the Flash in his series, um, as they cross over more and more. I think you know, it seems like they've they've gone a one, done a one eighty. You know, what I mean, well, the like, first the first meta human they ever had on was Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that they were allowed to uh, to do that. Um, and when he started it, I remember with Guggenheim, uh, Mark Guggenheim, I think his name is. Um, when they were given certain parameters that they could do, it wasn't as bad as Smallville, where they, you know, they could mention names, some, you know, some names they could say Green Arrow if they wanted to. Um, he he can definitely be in the costume because he was in the costume the first episode. Um, so that they could do that, and they could do more uh, action, you know, each episode, but they could not have any type of meta humans in it, no powers, no, you know, none of that. Um, because just CW just really did not think that they were still worried that people would not accept uh, a show with superheroes running around. Right. So they, they really had that uh, hold on it. And he, and he was taught, you know, he went through a lot of trying to maneuver that world and 
you know, deal with the comic characters that he knew because he's written comics before too. Um, so trying to sneak things in like Bloodhaven, which was Nightwing's uh, stomping grounds at one time in the comic world, and you know, trying to throw those little things, the Easter eggs in there, getting Roy Harper in and all stuff like that. But at the same time, knowing that he can't, you know, they they couldn't be uh, uh, any kind of abilities added or they couldn't even say meta yet right at the time so it was really really uh difficult it was a tight world trying to keep that together but uh it did so well with fandom like i know the cw the ratings if you compare it to other networks are nothing but for the cw which is not in as many households it really did well for them Plus, I mean, the CW appeals to the younger demographic that the mm-hmm. advertisers want to reach. So, if they get a good audience, that's going to be a good audience of you know your eighteen to thirty-five year olds. Well, actually, it went higher. <laughs> it actually was appealed to more than just the uh, that age group. It was appealing to the thirty to forties, um, which I think was surprising to them. I don't. I don't think they thought it was going to appeal. Right. Because I mean, the first people. season had a lot more of that. I, I hate to hesitate to call it this, but that that CW ness to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With like the oh, mm-hmm. I have so many problems, you know that kind of right. thing. And the second season has been like a real shift away from that. It seems like I mean, with the whole storyline with Slade and him taking the oath of not killing, and then like I said, the Suicide Squad episode and things like that. I mean, that seems like a, a lot like they're you know shifting back toward an action, tap, right? You know, rather than you know oh, I'm an emotional person with a lot of problems, but you know I can't yeah, protect, I can't protect you. You know? Yeah, it's still in there. Well, it's amazing um, where even one of their own characters that they a previous character that they uh, had on there, he kind of didn't have such a good um, uh, what is he vertigo? Count vertigo. Count vertigo. Yeah, it, it was really campy. It was. I don't think that they were happy with the story that they did for Count Vertigo or the way that they did it. And they're actually re- they're having a new person play Cal Vertigo. They killed off the guy that, that played him uh, previously, and they're going to have a new one. I mean, that even, you know, that shows, like, they're really, you know, going back and, and looking at what works and what doesn't work. And, and now they can actually kind of play with a more comic version of it. Right. I mean, especially, I mean, we knew when he would start dealing with the League of Assassins, eventually it would lead to Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they're taking that step, though. I was wondering if that was going to be too close to the Batman box of toys for them to be able to play with. But I guess not, you know, after the last promo that we saw. And I think it'll be that'll be a good fit for him as far as, you know, a villain uh, going into the third season. Yeah, I guess they really kind of thought about it. And they, and they because Batman, uh, the, the Nolan uh, Batman um, trilogy was relied so heavily on the Ra's al Ghul character. I don't think they're going to touch it in the movie version again, you know, for a while. So I think maybe they were just saying, you know what, go ahead and use it. Right. I think, yeah, they're definitely, I don't think that it's going to be something that's going to be popping up in the Zack Snyder Justice mm-hmm. League canon or whatever. It doesn't seem like, it seems like they want to go for a bigger story. Right. Know? Right. Well, what do you want to see more of and less of in the in the coming season of Arrow? Um, I would like to see less Speedy, his sister. Uh, <laughs> a little bit too. Uh, she definitely represents CW. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to see less of her, um, or at least um, less of the angst that she's going through. I, it it it's so it seems so contrived when. Um, how she's angry with her family for stuff and it's really not that you know they didn't really do something evil to her um but we know they're gonna you know um they're gonna delve more into the her being merlin's daughter um especially now that her mother is dead um so she'll be probably playing with the uh taking a darker turn you know, maybe uh, she might even, you know, go to the dark side and be a bad guy for a little while. Who knows? And John Barrowman's awesome, by the way. As, oh, yeah. Uh, as Merle. I mean, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan, but I've seen some Torchwood, and he was great in that. Oh, he's awesome. And uh-huh. uh, he, he's great in this, too. Yeah, he, he jumps all in when he plays a role, and that's and he has fun with it. And, and uh, Merlin is a very fun character. Well, I think this could be a place where we see a lot of the more, you know, st- quote-unquote street-level 
uh, DC characters. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like the Suicide Squad, like we said, or um, you know other things. I I hope they continue to keep it more of a, you know, keep it grounded. You know, I mean, where it's not quite as realistic as it was when it started, but as long as they keep it, you know, somewhat realistic, kind of keep it grounded, so the stakes don't seem like they're they're nothing at all. You know what I mean? Um, then I think they're going to be fine. I, 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 I wish the CW parts to be trimmed down, and they have been less than some, but I just wish that, you know, the, the, the heavy emotions that seems to have to convey to one another weren't as big of a part of you know, the plot you know, of, the, of the script, you know. But um, I, I, I don't know. I really liked the show. I thought it was a good, strong second season, and I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. the third. Well, we know they're going to uh, play with the... Um, uh, Katie uh, Cassidy, who's playing Laura Lance, kind of becoming. I think they might even go so far as to have her take the mantle of um, Black Canary, which I'm disappointed of because I liked her sister. I liked uh, Sarah Lance, uh, played right. by uh, Katie uh, Lotz. I liked her portrayal of, as um, as uh, you know uh, Black Canary, but I, I guess they want to put it together because her name is Laura Lance and blah blah blah. Right. Um, so they kind of want to do that and have him kind of train her. Um, so I don't know how well that's going to go because I just don't see her being a, a, a vigilante uh, character like that. It's just hard to see her being uh, somebody that could fight alongside uh, Oliver and um, and Diggle. So and uh, um, also um, Roy Harper, he gets his suit. Right, which we've seen, so Arsenal. he'll he'll be out there uh, doing his thing. And I forgot um, to mention they added J.R. Ramirez. Uh, he's going to be playing Wildcat. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so right. I guess I mean he might he'll be train a tra- her. I yeah, I was going to say he might be able to train, uh, you know, Laurel um, mm-hmm. or whoever else, you know, Roy included. You know, yeah, he might. Fighting. You know, what's funny. Roy has had in the in the show. He's He's fought like he's had. You could see that he's had some type of training already, and they never explained where it came from. Um, remember, because remember when we meet him, he's already been going out, and you know after he uh, came in contact with uh, with Arrow, he went out on his own and started being a vigilante and stuff. Um, and he kind of knows moves, like he, he he does have fighter, not as good as is is uh, is Oliver, but he can he can hold his own. Right. So I'm wondering if maybe they're going to connect him with with the character of uh, you know with that character and say that maybe he you know helped him out you know maybe he's helping street kids maybe he's training uh, them maybe they're going to end up tying him into Waller somehow right right maybe so, I mean that seems like the I mean I don't think they would have brought that out so prominently in the second season if they weren't going to bring it back you know, yeah. somehow and all that mm-hmm. I, I'm so, I'm a huge Suicide Squad fans, so I'm hoping we see some more of that. In the next oh, I, I hope so too. I um, it made me go back and and buy the the buy digitally the the whole run of uh, Suicide Squad. So oh I'll man, that, those '80s Suicide Squad comics are the best. Oh, they're so good. And he's off the island. Yes, and he's off the island. <laughs> he's off the island now. He's it's a whole new world. <laughs> it's a whole new world. And now that they connect him with training with uh the the Suicide Squad, I guess. Or a, a, a kind of Suicide Squad before they really, you know, really went into the program. Um, he will be interacting with Amanda Waller, and you find out their connection, uh, what he was doing in between that time before he came back uh, back here, because he really wasn't fully trained yet. Right. You know, he could fight, but he really couldn't fight that well. Not not as well as he's been fighting when he got back uh, got back uh, to uh, Starland City. I thought that was a cool device they used to like kind of show where he came from and how his origin and stuff. But mm-hmm. but they played. I think they played it just about as long as they should have. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it, and the way it paid off with the Slade storyline and everything, I thought was just fine. I'm glad of that. And it's a prison now. It'll be a prison, right? For Bass. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work, but uh, it's actually gonna be a prison for uh, bad guys. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's um. I'm trying to think of their version of Rikers in the DC universe. I can't think of it. Blackgate. Yeah, maybe it will. Yeah, maybe it will be their version of Blackgate in a way. Let's move on to the Flash. Yes. Uh, the Arrow's uh, faster cousin. <laughs> <laughs> now we found out. Uh, let's talk first of all because I mean we talked about it on. Uh, by the way, if you want to hear us talk more TV, we have a 
podcast called Nothing's On on the Taylor, mm-hmm. Taylor Network of Podcasts where we talk TV. Uh, we talked at length about the, the Flash TV pilot, but short version, we both liked it, right? Yeah, loved it. Um, thought it was really great, better than it had a better than it had a right to be. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with Greg Berlanti and Jeff Johns, you know, having their hands in the writing. But um, we, you know, the pilot is um, it hasn't been released to the public yet. I think it's coming out in September. I think so. I think it's September, late yeah. September. Yeah, but it is uh, it's really really well done. And like I said, if you want to hear a little bit more in depth on that, check out Nothing's On. We we went on about it for a while with our compatriot Donnie Salvo. Um, but we got a lot of really cool casting news on that end as well. We got Robbie Amell, um, you know, Oliver's brother in real life, uh, Stephen Amell's brother. Uh, as Firestorm. Yeah. Um, as I said, Kelly Fry as Plastique, and she's listed in both sides. So mm-hmm. we also found out the Clock King from Arrow is going to be crossing over yeah. to the Flash. Uh, Wentworth Worth Miller as Captain Cold. Uh, he's from Prison Break, and uh, he was in a couple of the Resident Evil movies as Chris Redfield. Uh, he's a really good actor. And yeah. the biggest news for me, man, my, my absolute favorite character actor in the world, Clancy Brown. He's gonna be playing General Eiling. Yeah, which will be awesome because he's awesome. So. Oh yeah. Um. Also, Caitlin. Uh, they're gonna have Caitlin Snow, which sounds a lot like uh, she has the ability to absorb heat from living beings. So does she sound a lot like um, Killer Frost? Killer Frost. Yeah. Yeah, could be. It's interesting. Like you know, as hard as Arrow is trying, you know, to be like grounded and realistic, you know, it seems like there are all kinds of, um. Uh, possibilities here for people to to um, uh, you know get meta powers, get superpowers. I mean, we also oh, uh, and Brandon Routh as um, um, uh, Ray Palmer. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that too. Right. I mean, because we have you know uh, not to spoil the the pilot or anything, but there are some characters with some names that'll make you raise your eyebrows if you're a comic <laughs> fan. <laughs> like yes. Habawa, his name is Why. And uh, some nice seeds and some nice uh, storylines planted there that for, for, you know, going forward. But uh, this is probably, of, of the four DC shows, this is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, especially after seeing that pilot and that very last Easter egg at the end of the pilot. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I really, it was really strong, well-written, right tone. Um, and I think it fits pretty well you know, next to Arrow, kind of mm-hmm. like... You know, if, if Arrow is almost like the Batman of this universe, I guess the Flash would be the Superman because he's got the powers. Yeah, they even um, went so far as to announce that uh, as the episodes progress, they're going to lighten the Flash outfit. Hmm. You know, they don't want it to. They don't want you to think of it as being him being dark. Um, he will be a light. You know, he will be the light of the of the uh, superhero world and on the CW. But um, the cast is just great. Grant Gustin, I thought, was just great as Barry Allen. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't look you know, the blonde, you know, toe-headed guy that we see in the comics, but he definitely has that demeanor. Just very likable. Very likable, yeah. And just very, very, very straightforward. And, and what could have been, there's like, uh, again, not to spoil the pilot, but there's a narration where he kind of ex- is talking over what everything that happened. And that could have been just another trope and made me roll my eyes, but he really sold it. Um, Tom Cavanaugh from Ed is um, mm-hmm. the head of Star Labs with a secret. Yes, uh, <laughs> big secret. Yeah. Uh, Candace Patton is his, uh, um, you know, friend zone eye candy. Um, she is a very attractive young lady. Oh yeah, and she um, and she's likable too. And uh, she Alice is. West. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Jesse L. Martin from Law and Order um, is 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 also part of the cast. It's Frank. Yeah, West. yeah. Very or good. Joe man. West. Um, really, kind of a cool like kind of a Captain Stacy Spider-Man vibe mm-hmm. going on with Barry Allen, you know. Um, just, I don't know, I just thought it was a really good pilot. I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to it's gonna be the show that we're going to be talking about a lot more, I think, than maybe, I don't know. I mean, the other two could be great. I mean, the others could be great, too, but this is definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most. And right off the bat, they, they get into uh, people who have powers now. Like, this is a world where people have abilities. Um, well, they kind of tie it to that one event. Yeah, they do. They tie it to like the it. one event, and it will continue to be tied to that one event so far. Right. Um, I think that that you know can keep it contained. You know, right. rather than you know, right. Every, everywhere, all the time. So I think that you know, at least you know, keep the storyline you know there in Central City. Mm-hmm. 
that and the yeah. fact that it's a TV show and they really can't go in a lot of locations like a movie can. So <laughs> and you're right, you're right yeah. about that. But I, for what they can do, I mean, I was so surprised by the by the pilot, um, just how much they did show us though. I mean, it, yeah. it just I you really don't think they would have much of a budget. And uh, but when you think about it, the way that uh, technology has progressed so fast. Yeah, because uh, I remember like when they would try to show superpowers on Smallville, mm-hmm. they would not quite cut the mustard. You know what I mean? No, a lot of editing, a lot of cuts. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I hope they kind of avoid the pitfall that that Smallville had too. Is like near the end when they actually had the guys in the costumes. Yeah, they did not look that great. Um, I'm thinking of their version of a Hawkman in particular. Ooh, wow, was and that a bad one? That was kind of painful. I don't think you know what, but thinking about it, I don't think there is a way to make Hawkman's costume look good on TV. Yeah, probably not. Not in real life. Unless you have some money and you really, you really tinker with it and and make a new costume, but it's really hard to do that. Yeah, that would be a tough. Uh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Flash, really looking forward to it. Really, really great pilot and uh, a lot of good casting going on behind the scenes here. I am totally looking forward to it. Oh yeah, I cannot wait. Now, while we're on the CW uh, side of the things here, um, I wanted to talk to you about this because I know you're a big fan of the Man of Steel, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to, you know, hear it from your perspective. Do you think that the Snyder movie uh, DC universe should be separate from the TV shows, or do you think it should be tied into the TV shows and not what tied into the point of like, you know, Agents of Shield tied in, where you know it's constant continuity all the time, but like tied into the fact that you know when they do get the Justice League together, these are the guys that should be Green Arrow and Flash. When I first thought about that, I I thought. Um, they should be tied to the movies, but then when I really look at it, I know that Warner Brothers has not, they just do not have a, a plan yet. I really don't. I really even don't. Even after all those dates they announced? I don't, even they, with they all those dates. They announced like, what, eight, eight dates, was it, in the next eight, three or four years? And, it has become the world of, I will give you dates so you don't do your movie when I do mine. I mean, look at <laughs> Turtles. They don't have a script, but they sure threw a date out there like, you don't do this date. You know, like that, that, that seems to be the thing with it reminds any me of like, type of property. Reminds me of like kids calling dibs. It is. It you is. Know, or, um, dibs. or that one episode of The Walking Dead where they, you know, everything yeah. they claimed, claimed. You know what I mean? They had to claim it, everything. It, that is exactly what we're getting now. I mean, at, they're all the different studios are trying to do this now. Fox, uh, Marvel is doing it. Uh, Warner Brothers is doing it. Turtles, Transformers, they're trying to throw a date out there too for the next one, and they don't even have who's going to be the director yet. Well, the thing that kills me about it is, you know, when they move, they just recently moved the date. Mm-hmm. Or um 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 the you know Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice right um and, and everybody made such a huge deal out of it and to my mind I'm just thinking well of course they moved the date because there's another giant superhero movie coming out right why hit, yeah, why wouldn't they move the date that just makes business sense yeah but everybody's I've... like ooh DC Blake DC back down from Mar-. I'm like no they just you know they want to make money off their movie. You know, well, they're trying. They're trying to build a franchise. They want to get asses in seats. You know? Yeah. Do you remember the year that um, Dark Knight, Narnia, Hellboy Two, Incredible Hulk? Um, there was something else that came out around that same time. Iron Man, I think. Iron Man had came out. All that. All those movies were coming out in the same year, and some won, but Disney lost a ton of money off of Narnia. Hulk, Incredible Hulk, it did okay, but it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do, and it killed Hellboy, too. Like, I think it really hurt their box office um, a lot. And I I don't think they want to go back to that. Like, I remember those, which is, you know, you would think that Marvel, since they're owned by Disney, they would think about that. Like, you you don't, you remember what happened. You know, like, all, everybody's ticket sales, pretty much, except for Iron Man and, and Dark Knight, for sure. Everybody else's ticket sales were lower than they expected. And joining the fray now is uh, Rich Sheldon from uh, Legion of Dudes. What's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? The question on the table, we kind of went off on a little, like, tangent here as far as, like, um, you know, the announcement of all these dates, you know, that Marvel and DC have put out, you know, to save the date or whatever that they haven't announced what the movie is or whatever, but they, 
you know, they wanted to save the date. The original question was, we just got done talking about Arrow and the Flash. And um, did you do you think that the Marvel the uh, the DC movies would would benefit from being tied into the Arrow and Flash TV series, or do you think they'd benefit from not being tied into the Arrow and Flash series? And I mean, not to the level of like Agents of Shield or whatever, but like to the point where you know when they got the Justice League together, this would be the guy who played the Flash and this would be the guy who played the Arrow. You know. Well, it, I think that that depends on a couple different situations. One being the tone that we get in these movies. I mean, are they building off of, obviously they're building off of the man of steel, uh, then go, you know, and I don't know that it quite, if, if they're going with that tone, I don't know that they quite fit together with what, well, at least what I've seen on arrow, um, and what little bit of flash we've seen. Cause I, 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 I don't, I don't see that it would benefit, the films it might benefit the tv series um on the other hand if they were to do a little bit of a tonal shift and align it to where there could be some with the show and the movies uh i i I think it would be more beneficial to maybe have some sort of reference or cameos in the films before you did anything from the movies in the tv show so it's one of those two scenarios. I just I, I think that there would have to be a little bit of a tonal shift in either the TV series or the movies. And Daryl, what was your final answer on that? You thought they would be better together or separate? I think they'd be better separate because I I just don't think uh, they have the movie verse ready yet. They're still trying to figure out everything they want to do, and that would hurt. That would I think that would hurt. Um, what they're trying to build with Arrow and, and Flash, like just seeing them alone apart from the movie universe. Look at how much they've built already in terms of a world, and and, um, and I think it, it it helps them to keep doing the world building without having to worry about what five hundred studio heads are going to do for a movie and change their minds and not and do this and that. And I, I think it would just uh, it would just be a headache to try to deal with it or introducing a character. I really think that they, the audiences are smart enough. You can have a flash on this show and have a different flash in a movie. Just say it's an alternate world. Shut up. Just get over it. Like it'll, it'll be okay. I don't think people are as dumb as they, you know, they think that we are, that we can't, you know, uh, you know, see the difference between each character, movie version, TV and, and all that. So I, I just think that they should let them, do what they want to do in, in the TV world and, and build on it that way and let them figure out whatever they're going to do with the movies and then they have a solid plan and do that. Well, my Here's here's what I was thinking. At first I thought that it was kind of they were missing a marketing opportunity to like, you know, tie the movies into the TV shows, you know. I thought that was, that was a missed opportunity at first. The more I think about it, the more I think, you know, Daryl, that you make a good point about them. They're trying to stand on their own. They're trying to establish this franchise that hopefully they could blossom into all these spinoff movies that they've already announced dates for or whatever, that they aren't even sure what they're going to be, Um, that it might benefit them to get a couple of movies under their belt before they decide to, like, you know, cross over into the TV series. And I think once they would cross over, you know, they could make a huge deal out of it. You know, by that time also, The Flash will have been on for a couple of years Arrow, Arrow will have you know deepen in storyline, and that that would be more significant, I think, if they waited. So, I've uh, come around to your way of thinking, sir. Not on Man of Steel, but on that. Well, and also, I mean, have you guys discussed Gotham yet? We're no, no. Ronald. We just did Arrow and the Flash. We're gonna do Constantine and Gotham. Okay, because yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, there that's just not gonna line up at all because yeah. Dealing yeah. with Batman already existing versus the beginnings of Gotham and Gordon and all that fun stuff. Well, let's go ahead into Gotham then. I mean, well, you, I, want, you don't want to do CW uh, iZombie and get that done? Because we don't know much more, really, anything. Yeah, I was going to do that last because I'm oh, okay. so okay. much more about these, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, um, Gotham. I mean, we've we've gotten like the the preview trailer that was like about six or seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gotten like several trailers and a lot of uh, you know news from the set. Um, I don't know. I I look at this and I, I even as much as they've shown and everything, I still think it could 
go either way. This could be like the coolest show of the fall, or it could just be a hot mess. You know what I mean? And they really haven't shown me enough for me to think it's going to be one or the other. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah, does. I agree. It does. I I'm more excited about it. I think the more I hear about it, the more I'm confident in it than before. Um, I mean, the only thing so far that made me pause was having um, Jada Pinkett Smith be that wild-haired, like, I didn't see the show uh, being something that went with that in the tone, you know, having the wild... Because uh, she looked like somebody that would be in a Schumacher movie, mm-hmm. Batman movie. So that was the only thing that made me really kind of pause on that. But uh, other than that, I, I kind of... With the actors that they picked for the main cast so far, I, I kind of think it. I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, confident about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't like. I said, I don't know how to th- how to feel about it. I, um, on one hand, I, I really like the idea of them going and doing like something. I, they're not actually doing a Gotham Central show, but if they mm-hmm. can do something in that tone. I think it'd be very very interesting. You know what I mean? Right. And um, as far as, I'm really not all that interested in the early days of the Penguin and, and the Riddler and stuff, but I think if they just focus on the the, the you know the main characters Gordon and Bullock and uh, you know Sarah Essen is part of the cast, so I mean yeah yeah that'll probably you know play into things as as the story goes on. There's Renee you know there's Renee Montoya in the yep. cast, you know. I think if they put focus on the the, the police side of it, they could you know really have an interesting show. Yeah, I do want to know more about the cops than than I would the villains. I would, if they use the like the penguin being the one of the rich families or whatever. I don't know if they're going to go that route with it or yeah. not. Um, well, that was like the the story, the backstory for the penguin in Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like an abandoned freak uh, baby from inbreeding of of you know people who have a lot of money and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be interesting if they were to use. Um, I, right after the new 52 came out, there was like a four or five issue miniseries on the Penguin uh, that really uh, dive deep into the psychosis uh, that he deals with from uh, his relationship with his mother and stuff like that. It'd be interesting, not if they went you know far down that rabbit hole, but if they just kind of um, did a little bit more on that kind of story. Um, but I'm with you. I think the cops are where it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm kind of you know disappointed that they're starting off with it being the um investigation of the wayne's murders i'd like to have seen it you know maybe start a little before that more like a batman year one type thing yeah um i I don't know like i said we we'll see um yeah and i I agree daryl the 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 um the pink hair choice for jada pinkett smith kind of it's a little on the campy side for me, and I, like I said, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely on the fence about this one. It could it could go either way for me, but I'm definitely gonna watch it. I mean, I'm such a huge fan of Batman Year One. Um, so even something that just vaguely resembles that mm-hmm. <laughs> is something that I would definitely tune into. So, um, you know, that that is definitely uh, I'm definitely gonna watch it. You know, especially I mean, Donald Logue, my man, the the man who's in everything. You know. Oh yeah, even today I was looking. Um, I was curious at how Gotham kind of was looked at from the uh, the point of view of the uh, the regular civilians, um, and they were talking about what shows would they record or, or they would DVR, um, record, watch later, or would they tweet with? Um, and Gotham actually was the show that they would uh, that the guy that. He wasn't a comic book guy at all, but he was saying that um, because of the interest of the movies and 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 including characters that you kind of know because of the movies, he could see this being something that people would tweet with. So I, I think that's a good sign if the if the media is looking at it in a in a a less of a, a you know like a rolling of the eyes type of thing of here we go with another comic book thing again. Because that's happened, you know, before. But uh, they kind of look at this like, because uh, Arrow was kind of looked at it like that, you know, like like this is this was it was looked at like it wouldn't work. But um, this seems to be Gotham seems to be getting uh, pretty good buzz. So 
Yeah, um, I um, there was an advanced screening, and I read like a lot of the tweets from the people who saw it, and they were all they were all uh, up on it. They said it was a good, solid pilot. So, um, like I said, we'll see. Um, this is the one I'm most on the fence about, though, this season uh, of these shows. Um, so I guess time will tell. Um, we also uh, the, the the next show I guess we're going to talk about will be Constantine. Yeah. Um, Daryl and I were lucky enough to see the pilot for this as well. Um, through various and sundry means, and there will be changes. Many bothans, many bothans were killed. Yes, a copy. <laughs> many bothans died to get us a copy of the pilot, but, but you know, we, we did, it was our duty to watch it. And um, I just want to say, you know, the short short version of the review for the pilot was that I thought it really captured the spirit of the Constantine comic, like, way better than the Keanu Reeves movie even did. Oh yeah. Um, the, the, the Matt Ryan, the guy who's playing Constantine, just Really gets it. Really had it pitch perfect, you know, um, um, portrayal of, of Constantine. I saw it, thought it was really good, and I, I love the fact they they're actually using his um, some of his supporting cast from the comic, mm-hmm. um, and they're really using they're really going with you know a bigger overarching story behind everything that's going on. Um, there were some nice little nods to DC continuity, although they didn't hit you over the head with it. Um, so I'm, I'm really psyched for this one after seeing that pilot. I, this was, I was, I felt the same way about Gotham. I felt about this, um, before I saw the pilot, you know, that it could go either way. It could be really, really great or just really, really terrible. Right. And, um, I thought it was really great. I mean, I really enjoyed it a lot. And they made a big cast change after the pilot was shot. Mm-hmm. So, um, to, to bring in, usually when they make a change in a, in a show, it's not, it's not to bring in more comic book type uh, characters. It's usually to you know change it so that the masses would would like it more than just the the fans of the comics. But to actually change it and and put a comic book character you know straight out the book and 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 put her in this show. Um, I think she's the one to play in Zed. Yeah, she's definitely from the Constantine. And the, um, and the girl from the pilot, I heard they got, they, you know, basically after the pilot, she's going to be gone. She was, you know, Baron Winter's daughter. Right. Um, right. Baron Winter's being part of DC Continuity, but she, I, I never heard of her before. So. Yeah, she was new. She was she was created for the show. Right. But it was cool to it ended up setting him up with, like, a nice little base of operations. So. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. worked out. This is going to be an interesting one for me because I will be watching this with very fresh eyes because as I got a little bit of a nerd confession to make is I've never read Hellblazer. I've not I don't know that much about the Constantine character. I never saw the Keanu Reeves movie. Um this so I'm going to be coming in from a total ignorant standpoint of what this character is about i know that he's a, a magician or something but i really know very little about constantine close of pearls it's a little yeah. more a little more than just a magician um, yeah <laughs> it's a little more story <laughs> than that but i thought the pilot set up the story pretty well actually uh, it's interesting too that i'm looking at the writing credits here on imdb uh you got daniel cerrone who's like the showrunner and who wrote the, mm-hmm. the pilot uh, but also in the writing credits, Jamie Delano, Garth Ennis, and Alan Moore. Now, Alan Moore created Constantine. I understand that. Right. And Ennis and Delano wrote Constantine for years, so that's probably where they, um, they you know, got the they put them in from using their supporting cast members. But the other name here is David S. Goyer. That's Ooh. what has me excited. That is, what makes me clutch. Yeah. That makes me clutch the pearls. Yeah. Oh, but. <laughs> I mean, is this David S. Gore from Batman Begins, or is this David S. Gore from Blade Three and Nick Fury, Agent of Shield? Yes. Um, Unrestrained. Yeah, this is the same uh, David S. Gore said that you know we can't call him Martian Manhunter; it's a stupid name, that kind of thing. So um, I don't know. I really I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed this pilot a lot. I'm I'm looking forward to the show quite a bit. Um, how about you guys? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I this. I forget about it. Like this was one that I had forgotten about until you know with the pilot and stuff. But when they were talking about everything they were in in development, I totally just I always put this to the side in my mind. I just didn't think they would do it. And uh, for NBC to do it, I really I really uh, was surprised that NBC actually did the pilot and it's coming out. Right. Uh, and they're going to commit to it. But I I also read. Um, 
that they uh, the smart thing that they did that uh, Warner Brothers did was they made a deal with them that if they did the pilot, they would have to air it or else they would owe them. They would have to pay them a certain amount of money or whatever. So like there was an incentive play type thing. Dead. Exactly. Exactly. So NBC seems to be embracing the show. Um, so that's a good sign. Hmm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm excited about it because of David S. Goyer. Um, I'm a fan of his. Um, just the fact that they've picked Bear McCreary to do the music, um, he seems to, you know, really mesh well with these types of shows. So I don't know. I, I again, I don't know a whole lot about this character. It's one that. Uh, I've wanted to catch up on and read, and it just seems to get pushed back more and more. So, sweet. So the the fifth and final uh, show we're going to talk about from the DC universe is uh, adapted from the Vertigo comic I Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a, a a young woman who becomes a zombie and uh, ends up working with a coroner's office to help solve crimes as long as she has a you know flow of brains from <laughs> the recently Which dead. They- now I'm I'm a fan of the comic, and they already kind of switched it up by even the premise. Uh, in the comic, she works. She uh, pretty much had to get a job at the uh, as a grave as uh, working with the um, maintaining the graves, and that was and she would sneak and you know when they would bury a fresh body in there and they would have a funeral, she would sneak and eat that particular. This almost brain. sounds like uh, I Zombie by way of the book Chew. Because in the the description here, she eats the person's brains and then inherits their memories. Yeah, that that's the, right on with the book with that part. Like, yeah, oh, okay. she and and um, she would have it. Sometimes she'd wind up solving a crime. Sometimes it would just be something of a person needed closure. Like, you know, they might have passed away before they told their mother, you know, something or dealt with a traumatic experience with their family or something like that. And she would pretty much you know, go and and deal with it. So, but they're kind of changing it and making it into a procedural. Instead. Right. Yeah, that's the way it seems in this uh, in, um, uh, synopsis I'm looking at anyway. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, more of a procedural crime thing with her, you know, helping out by eating the brains and telling them what's going on. Yeah, this is the one I'm worried about a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't re- I'm unfamiliar with the comic. Was it a good comic? Uh, it was a very good comic. Like it had a, a diverse characters. Like it had a, uh, a gay vamp, uh, werewolf. It had a, a, a ghost who she died in the early seventies. Um, so she was stuck in that mode of of you know she was stuck in that in that uh, mode of the seventies and she didn't understand uh, the modern times. Um, so you had that. You had. Uh, uh, you had a thing of uh, there was a group of um, where they kept presidents alive, uh, older, you know, like Lincoln and all of them. And they pretty much um, would go and defend the world against supernatural threats <laughs> nice. like that. I mean, it was the a lot of crazy stuff. It was a lot of crazy stuff that would happen in this book. Um, it's a fun book. It really is. Really? what It really was like Chris Robinson really had a ball just just playing with uh you know different different tropes and stuff and 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 the art by mike michael Allred. i mean it fit it all fit so it's it's just gonna be weird to see them kind of put this in a in a in a, in a procedural you know as as because you never knew what you're gonna read when you read a when you issue to issue you never knew what was gonna happen um, so it's going to be kind of kind of something for me to to see them put this in a by the book type of thing. Unless they if they can find a way to keep that quirkiness from from the comic in this, then I'd, I'll be happy. That's also on the CW, but it's not tied to the other CW uh, DC no. shows. I don't think Mm-mm. you can't tie this with that. I'd, I'd be so surprised they even tried. No, I don't think so. <laughs> 
but um, those are the big, those are the main DC Universe shows going on. Um, I'd like to do a segment on this podcast from now on at the end, near the end, called the Animation Station, where uh, I talk or about or spotlight really quick an animated, uh, either an animated DC um, uh, show or project from the past or from the present. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, and I wanted to talk this week. I didn't know if you guys had seen it or not. Uh, Batman Assault on Arkham. Not yet. I didn't get the, um, the director. I haven't. DVD. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. The last I saw was the Son of Batman. Real, real quickly. Um, the first of all, this really by rights should not have a Batman name on it because he's barely in it. He's only in it maybe about a third of the the show. This is a full on R rated animated version of Suicide Squad. Narrated by Deadshot. Nice. Cool. And it, it, it struck me that to do the Suicide Squad the right way, it would have to be R-rated as far as the violence and everything. Definitely. And it works great. And it just works. It, it kind of comes together like a heist film. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the cast is incredible. Um, they even have this little bit at the beginning where they kind of introduce each member of the squad with like a little vignette. And then they have like the little title card. You know, like Harley and Quinzel. Harley Quinn, you know, and what what they do or whatever. Um, it, it was pretty cool. The the um, the voice casting is awesome. Kevin Conroy, of course, is Batman. CCH Pounder as Amanda Waller. Okay, and then you have like a real um, like all star animation voice um, uh, uh, cast here. Uh, Neil McDonough, who was you know Dum uh, Dum Dugan in Captain America, uh, does the voice of Deadshot. You got Troy Baker from Bioshock Infinite. Uh, as the Joker, uh, John DiMaggio, who's you know Bender on Futurama, and you know um, um, uh, Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War, and about a million other voices. Uh, he plays King Shark, uh, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, and a bunch of other shows. Jennifer Hale, who is you know the voice of Shepard in Mass Effect. Uh, Christian Lance, who's done a ton of, uh, of, of, and Nolan North, who have both done like a ton of voiceover work. Um, it, it was really well done and really really good. Um, not for kids. You got some decapitations, some exploding heads, and some uh, um, adult situations. I guess I'm saying. I'm all in. Uh, but if you're if you're old enough <laughs> and that stuff doesn't bother you, then uh, you're in for a good, a good ride. This is probably one of the best DC animated features I've seen in a good in a good while. I really you enjoyed had it a lot. At, you, you had me at decapitations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you sure did. It's uh, it's probably like I said, it's probably the, my favorite one since they adapted the Dark Knight Returns. Um, it's it's nice. re- it's really good, and uh, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. So as long as you don't go in thinking it's going to be a Batman heavy story, because it's not. Um, also, they said it's supposed to be um, you know, based on the video game series, but this really is nothing to do with the video games at all. Other than they both take place at Arkham. Um, that's the only thing they have in common uh, with yeah. the video game series. So. Um, if you if you're into the Suicide Squad, you want to watch a full length animated R rated movie about the Suicide Squad, get this. It is good. Sold. Okay, uh, that about wraps up our zero issue of the uh, DC TV podcast. Uh, I'm going to try to go weekly or biweekly with uh, reports on each of the shows as they uh, progress. We'll probably do one more episode before the premieres of the show, just to kind of uh, recap all the news and casting and stuff that's going on you know between now and then. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me guys for the discussion really appreciate it oh I can't wait no problem I wish I would have made it on time no worries I'm better late than never and yep. uh, until next until next time we're out <laughs>